Uh, so we did it again. We watched a bunch of movies and we made a really long podcast about them and we're going to chop them up into two parts. Uh, this particular series is about the Star Trek film franchise. Enjoy. Let's talk about the undiscovered country. Yeah. So this is a, in this movie, like this time watching it through, I I've seen it like in its entirety. One other time I've had it on my iTunes for a long time. And I would always go back and watch rewatch like little portions of it. And, but I would almost never rewatch the whole thing. And on this full rewatch, I was like, I caught a lot more detail that I missed. Like it, about especially about I mean it, you know the the story of this movie like in in the meta sense is that it's it was released in between like it was released while the original series is still going on in the movies and the next generation it started and I think yeah. probably even midway through it at this point and in the in the world it was released at a time where basically the Cold War was was ending and I forget if it's what had ended at that point and I'll just Google that right now. It's 1991, um, which I think... So Berlin Wall had come down at this point. I think... I don't remember if Russia had... The Soviet Union itself had collapsed completely yet. I think it might have at this point. Yeah. Because um, 1991 was, was the year of the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the movie may have been filmed before that. Uh, but, like, the point is, is it was... Contemporaneous. Coming. They knew. Yeah. They knew what was... You know, it was on the downturn, and that the yeah. Cold War was just like uh, in its in its waning days. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, you know, obviously it happened after Chernobyl, and I think it's uh, it was like very evident to me from just like the first action in the movie because uh, it literally does start with a bang. Oh, is this the one where Sulu was a captain and he wasn't a captain in the other one? Okay. Uh, he was a captain in this that. one, so I like I don't remember five enough to whether or not yeah, he was in that. I, one. I may was... have mixed that up. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, in the chrono chronology. But um, sorry, I was just looking <laughs> at my notes and I I noted that he was the captain of the Excelsior in this one. Yes. Uh, um, but uh, sorry, what I was saying is that the the initial explosion in the beginning, uh, immediately the Klingons respond to like Starfleet, um. Starfleet responds to this Klingon mining planet blowing up. Yeah. And they're essentially like, hey, is everything okay? Can we help out? And the Klingons essentially say something along the lines of, there has been an incident on Praxis. We require no assistance. And like having watched Chernobyl in the past year, uh, that miniseries, like that's very much the same attitude oh, yeah. that the Soviet Union had is like, an incident happened. Uh, we don't need any of your help. We don't need any Western help. We've got this covered. Yeah. Um, and yet it was so much bigger than it actually was, which is what they discover in closed doors in this movie. Yeah. It's yeah. It's um, like from that, I was like, I, I, I don't know how I missed that. That was supposed to be Chernobyl, basically the analogy, like space Chernobyl essentially. But like this time I was like, oh yeah, of course it's space Chernobyl. It was like really obvious to me this time. Yeah. And then um, there's a lot of other things like that where uh, I think I've, I had, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit and I had a list um, a lot of very Soviet things where people were talking, I was like, the, you know, the, like the, they don't value the life the way we do. It was like, I, I don't know if that was commonly said at the time, but like, that seems to be like, that seems to be an attitude that I get from Western media about the Soviet Union. And I feel like it's, I mean, in a way it probably was true in a lot of ways. And, and it applies to the Klingons because they're warriors, but um, it, it, like, especially, yeah, it's like, if you kind of look at what happened in, in like World War II, it kind of feels that way, at least. Um, I can feel that way a lot, I think, from Western eyes, especially. Yeah. And I think, but like, I think what this movie does, especially with like, you know, Kirk's reaction and, and also what's his name, Admiral or whatever, Cartwright. Cartwright, uh, yeah. That guy who's like, doesn't want peace uh, on the Starfleet side. Um, there's, you know, this idea a little bit of, there is propaganda on both ends about the other side. Yeah. Uh, and of course that like, you know, America is, is guilty of that as much as the Soviet union often is though, so, you know, 
maybe to different extents. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I think it's like, it's, it's just like a very clear uh, one-to-one. And I like, that's kind of what Star Trek is great, great at doing. And like, this is in very much uh, in, in its own way, like a great Star Trek episode because it is just like a modern situation mapped into a sci-fi scenario, like a, a, a sci-fi equivalent. Um, yeah. I mean, the other things that were analogous were like um, uh, the economy, the the Klingon economy sucking because they're basically all military. And I'm like, that's very Soviet. Yeah. And um, and the space gulag, basically space Siberia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was that was great. I kind of uh, like that. There's a space gulag in space Siberia. Yeah. And they, they literally call it welcome to the gulag. They call it out yeah. like directly. So that's yeah. Um. So yeah, there's a lot. I picked up a lot more on it this time. Again, I, I'm not completely sure why. Just maybe just because of being aware of things. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's a little bit, and and this is not necessarily Soviet, but there's there's kind of this like idea that I've a lot a lot like some of the some of the like the one of the positive aspects of like Sovietness was like it, it was like very egalitarian in, in ter- at least philosophically. Mm-hmm. In practice, not not so, but like in, in philosophically, they at least um, they aspire to, or they believe themselves to have these like ideals of like equality, right? So, um, there was this. It, what struck me was like in the um in the dinner scene, the uh, Chekhov is like, you know, we believe, uh, you know, all uh, life forms have uh some inalienable human rights, and uh, and mm. and they take offense to that. The Klingons take offense to that. It's like, listen to yourselves, like inalienable, inalienable human rights like you know it's very it's racist by the very way you say it and i'm like that's kind of like that maps onto like kind of like i would say like extreme versions extreme cases of cancel culture it's like when when little things it's not cancel culture but like people that take offense to like extremely little things that have been like it's like okay i'm sorry like you could call it out just like you don't yeah it's like it's something it's like a little like that and it applies to the way the Soviet Union sees themselves or saw themselves as like, oh, we are the vanguards of like the, the, the extreme left. And like, we are all for all this stuff, right? The, uh, I think I took a slightly different interpretation. of Yeah. <laughs> where, where like, because cause something I've been noticing watching all these movies is like, oh, it is kind of a bummer that like, they're all humans. Uh, even though they're non-human members of the Federation. Yeah. Because like, it's cool in movies about space when there are aliens though obviously there are budgetary constrictions as yeah. to why not all of them are um but like when they say that uh the note i like i i tried to write down the quote which is like human human rights the very name is racist the federation is nothing more than a homo sapiens only club um you know and then you kind of like right after that moment is said they do kind of like look around and it the whole crew except for Spock is human though. Obviously like you've got Kurtwood Smith as the president of the Federation. And I think he's some sort of alien. Yeah. He seems um, like it. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah it, well, well for me is like uh, uh, one, the mapping is that like the idea th- there was some stuff. Like I remember um, the, the, the quote, like we will bury you from Khrushchev. I looked up like the context of it and I, and like, it's like, you know, it's basically him saying, you know, the West doesn't matter uh, in history. Like, history will know that we were right essentially and that and we will bury you in, in that sense so it's like him being morally righteous about um the the moral the morality of communism essentially right he's very mm-hmm. very righteous about that and i was like that kind of maps on to this a little bit where it's like the klingons when they say that they're like oh we're saying that in order to defend like you know all races kind of thing right yeah and 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 I don't, it doesn't really go further beyond that because it's, except for the irony is that like, well, they, they're conquest fucking, they're, they're, they're as imperialist as everybody else. They're, they're fucking conquest driven empire. It's called the Klingon empire. So oh, yeah. it's, so it's like, it, it gives, a, it shows a little bit of that hypocrisy. And the, I mean, continuing with that line of just like mapping that on to Soviet Union hypocrisy is there was a lot of like, um, there are a lot of Soviet pieces of Soviet media that are like, 
Um, like I specifically remember I, I watched, uh, I had to watch this movie for like a film class that was from the Soviet union from like the thirties. And the whole thing about the movie was like one of the main characters was a black guy, uh, from America who had been ousted by America. And he was kind of like being accepted by Soviet culture. And it was kind of Soviet culture just being like, see, we're better than these racists in America. And then, uh, <laughs> and then like, they really weren't actually that accepting. And they also, you know, uh, uh, didn't have like, they didn't do so great with the Jews and they were an imperialistic place that like they would go to other countries that they were essentially colonizing like in the Middle East or in, um, or in Asia. And they would essentially just be like, Hey, see, we're better conquerors, but we're still conquerors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. There's definitely the, the, the mapping there. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to look through all my notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, totally different side note. There's an actor in this movie, the guy who plays the Klingon ambassador, the first Klingon ambassador, uh-huh. uh, before he gets uh murdered, uh, assassinated. That's part of the plot line of this movie. Oh, you mean um, Gorkon, the chancellor? Yeah. Go- oh, yeah, Gorkon. Gorkon. Yeah, yeah, he has a name. Um, he's played by David Warner, who mm-hmm. is just like one of my favorite little character actors. Uh. But also that same guy plays a human in Final Frontier. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was just like a fun little note that like that guy plays multiple characters in the Star Trek movies. Oh, dude, there's uh, like there's a lot of multiplying. Uh, well, we'll get into that in a bit. But um, in this movie, um, obviously, obviously Michael Dorn um, shows up as his mm-hmm. ancestor. I don't think it was his father because it's if his name is Worf. I think like it's Worf's son of Moog. So presumably his father's name would have been would have been Moog. Yeah, but, um, but it's his ancestor. Um, it's clearly his ancestor. Maybe and also, his grandfather. I might be wrong about this, but the the planet they end up on, I believe, where they like finally sign the peace treaty, I believe that's the place where Worf was living when his uh, biological parents died. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the Kinemer massacre, the whole Romulan yeah. Klingon badness. Yeah, yeah, bad blood there. So yeah, and and also um, other actors that like crossed over. There was. Um, uh, so there's um, Colonel West re- re- is actually Rene Aubergenois, who's Odo in uh, TS. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I saw in the trivia section while I was watching Generations. There's another actor who I think becomes the uh, security officer Tuvok, and yeah, Voyager. Yeah. So Tim yeah. Russ, Tim Russ, um, uh, plays Tuvok. Yeah. Okay. And 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 then another random weird crossover. So uh, they made the backstory of Tuvok in, um, in Voyager. There's an episode which covers his time on board the Excelsior with Sulu at the time of six, actually. <laughs> so, so he's all over the place. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Damn that they're, they're just, he's yeah. <laughs> and people are like, Oh, you must, you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I swear. I read history books about you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know what else is about. So um, another thing I didn't catch the first time was like the Gorkon Gorbachev thing, like the, the the similarity of the names. I didn't real like I hadn't realized that for some reason at the time. Yeah, it, it, once again in the IMDb trivia, the the note on that was just that uh, they wanted a name that was like about peacemakers, so they chose Gorbachev and Lincoln, and just oh, make okay. the two names. Yeah, okay, got it, got it. Yeah. So it's also Abraham Lincoln, I guess, even though the spelling doesn't match. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's see. We got, let's talk about Chang a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, played by like Christopher Plummer, who is a great actor. He's yeah. just like, like he's, I feel like even at this time, he must be legendary. I don't know. He's yeah. Christopher Plummer. And he's also, I, like I think he has a Shakespearean background, which makes a lot of sense with this character. <laughs> I believe so. Yes. Uh, speaking of, uh, I just always love how evil he looks when he smiles. Like he like is smiling and being friendly, um, and yet like it makes you so uneasy. <laughs> oh, he's being very <laughs> condescending when he smiles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's so good. Uh, he was very good recently in the movie Knives Out. Um, is he I, still an active actor? Oh, you haven't seen Knives Out? No, yet? I need to. Yeah, I, I know Dude, that's. Uh, yeah, I still haven't. It's great. I mean, he 
this isn't really a spoiler alert because it's the beginning of the movie and it's the set of the movie, but you know, it's a murder mystery about his character being murdered. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He's like the victim, but um, he still has such a presence in that movie. Yeah. Uh, d- despite being killed in like the first minutes uh, <laughs> of it. Um, but uh, it's really good. I, I really recommend it. Uh, it's really watchable. Yeah. I think it's on Amazon prime. Right now. Oh, okay. So that, that'll make it easy for me to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, I, it's on the list to watch for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, very much recommended. Anyways, Chang. Chang. Uh, <laughs> he likes to quote Shakespeare in the oh, he loves in yes. the original Klingon. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh apparently in the soundtrack, um there is a scene I think where they're at the gulag and you can hear like chanting in the background, and it's ch- people chanting in Klingon to be or not to be. <laughs> I think is what it said, which oh, is that's great. Funny, that's great. Yeah, because yeah. he is quoting he is quoting Shakespeare throughout the whole movie all the time. Like he, like yeah, it's his favorite thing to do. Clearly, <laughs> he likes it more than eating, shitting, or having sex. Clearly, yes, it is his favorite thing. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, there's also Valeris, who is a she's a Vulcan. Yes. And I think apparently she was originally supposed to be Savic. Okay, uh, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, which I think would be so much better, honestly. Because yeah. during the whole movie, I was just like, oh, she she's hiding something. She's going to betray them. Uh, spoiler alert. She betrays spoiler. them. Yeah. And I think the betrayal would be so especially because like apparently spock has some relationship with her of some sort where like he's kind of a mentor figure to her and i think it would have been very effective if that actually had been savic yeah because they had so much history yeah yeah history that specifically the audience has seen that we've all seen before yeah and that's uh, also involving the klingons yeah yeah um exactly uh but that actress who they got to do with Kim Cattrall is, is fairly famous. She was in Sex and the City, I believe. Yeah, that's uh, what I remember. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. What, do you, what else do we have to say about Chang other than the fact that he likes Shakespeare? Uh, he's a, I mean, like you said, it's, he's a very hammy villain. He plays that shit up. And like, I, love the, I love the trial scene where he's like, answer me now. Don't wait for the translation. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Which is a direct call out to uh, a moment during the Cold War. Uh, oh, really? In which, yeah, I, I think it was the Cuban Missile Crisis um, where where JFK or the American ambassador, I forget exactly the circumstance, but like there was a Soviet person who was, they understood the English, but like they were put in a bad position. So they were just pretending to like wait for the translation before they answered a hard hitting question. Yeah. Uh, and then they were told to let, let me see if I can figure that out. Cause I want to be right on the history of that. Oh, man, that's cool. Um, I didn't realize that was a call out, man. That's uh, cause I, I love the scene. Cause the way he acts about it is like so aggressive and yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, he, the Cuban missile crisis and it's uh, sorry to interrupt. It's the Cuban missile crisis. It's the American ambassador Stevenson. Who's just saying yes or no. Don't wait for the translation. Yes or no. The Soviet represented refuse to exist and it's about like the missiles in cuba yeah um yeah um so yeah like this is very blatantly uh calling out the cold war and obviously that flips it because we're supposed to see star trek as the americans in this situation uh starfleet yeah 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 that was yeah uh that trial scene was really cool i mean you get to see like michael dorn as his ancestor as Worf's ancestor, you get to see the, all the the show trial, you know, because it really is. It's just like it's clearly a hostile jury. It's clearly yeah. hostile environment, and um, yeah, it's fun. I mean, I like I like trial scenes in in sci fi. They're fun. They don't, they're, they're great. Not, it's always yeah. cool seeing an alien justice system. <laughs> yeah, I love the um the the visual design of the judge's like hand too, and the the gavel looks, is like a is a is a sphere. He looks so cool. And I love, there's a, just a shot, I think, of him giving the verdict. That's just like him and he's high up in like a little window looking down at them. And it's just like really well framed. Yeah. And it just looks really cool. And he's like just a gross old Klingon yeah. with that little rock gavel. Yeah. Uh, and it looks really fucking 
dramatic and cool. Yeah. And uh, oh, Val- just on Valera some more, like I, uh, the scene where she's interrogated by mind meld is like, oh, it's really ick. It's really squick, but I'm glad that they made it that way. Like, I'm glad that they called it out as such because it, yeah. it's one of those things that could have easily gone on unaddressed and become really problematic. Everybody is like, oh, that we don't want to see this. Like, like we know we have to do this for like world peace, but this is there's there's something wrong with the way, what we're doing. Um, side note, I also really like speaking of Valeris, uh, when she was a good guy in the movie, or at least to mm-hmm. our thought. Well, while they're hunting down the assassins within the Enterprise, because what happened was they made it look like the Enterprise was responsible for the assassination of the Klingon ambassador um, is there's just like all the scenes of them investigating. And when she finally finds the magnetic boot and she like holds it up triumphantly and sticks it to the metal on the wall. um, It's just like a great moment. It kind of reminds me of like a scene in Apollo 13, I think where they, uh, it might not be Apollo 13. I don't know. It (laughs) it just like looks really cool. And obviously this came out before Apollo 13. So it would not have been influenced. Uh, but it's like, I don't know, it's it's fun and it's kind of fun to see her so proud of that. And it also kind of makes you think, oh, yeah, she might be a good guy. Uh, and there's also uh, like I what my memory of her was that I, I assumed she was Romulan, but I guess it, was, it wasn't the case. But um, I it's, started she's to not. wonder that as well. Yeah. Um, which is also why I think it would have been cooler if it was Savic. It's just like, yeah, I think that character was good. And I think Kim control like reading all the trivia notes, she was really, she like wanted to be in the franchise beforehand in like other movies. And they finally were able to get her in this one. Um, But, and she was like really dedicated to making a lot of choices for that character. Like she chose the hairstyle and she like made a lot of choices that were like really involved with it. But I just think everything would have landed better if it had been um, Savic and it had been somebody we had a connection to in other movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think it would have made it all land just a little bit better uh, because instead we're just like, who is this new lady? Is she a Romulan? Is she a bad guy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In my notes, I say Valeris. This is, this is way before we find out. Uh, she's a bad guy. But my actual notes was Valeris is behind this somehow. She's hiding something. She's totally a Romulan, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's um oh, there's another thing that was really cool. Like I didn't re- I didn't catch this before, but the um the two guys that end up being dead that um that she kills to cover her tracks. Um those are the two guys that were basically after they beam the um uh the they beam the yeah, they beam the Klingons on board, right? For the dinner. And then they uh-huh. um once they leave, those are the two guys that are joking about the Klingon smell. And then they, they run into her and she's like, oh, don't you guys have something to do? It's like, then snap to it. Oh, and, shit. So, like, originally, the, the original reading of that obviously is like that she's being severe and she's like, you guys are terrible. You're being racist. And now it's like when you realize it's the same guys, the reading becomes, well, get ready for the shit you're about to pull. I definitely did not catch that that yeah. i didn't even catch that those were the same guys that's that's a cool little yeah i didn't catch it until until like i for some reason i remember the face of one of the guys really like in detail this time for some reason and then when they see show their bodies and it's like one of the, it's not the first shot but like uh, a couple of shots into it like maybe three or four seconds into it one of the shots is a close-up of the one of the guy's faces and i'm like oh that's that dude so that's when I realized, and I, yeah, just some somehow I caught it this time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's and I next time because I'm gonna watch this movie again eventually. And yeah. I'm gonna look after that because I don't know. One of my takeaways from this movie was I. No, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just how I feel about it. Uh, it's all positive. Uh, yeah. But I think there's just more to talk about it before I get to that. Uh, the the, the uh, other thing I remember, uh, this is something I wrote down in my notes, is um, the final sequence, the final battle sequence. The editing was like spot on. That was like, like I, this is not something. Th- this is from me watching enough YouTube videos about editing and that type of thing to like to be conscious of this. But like, I this time watching it through, I was like, that editing is so good. The cross cutting between like Chang, uh, the bridge, Excelsior. 
and um, uh, Bones and Spock doing the, uh, the the torpedo stuff and the surface where it's a multiple, it's like so much going on, right? On the surface, there's speeches going on. The conspirators are looking at each other, giving them, you know, giving each other signals about what to do. And there's mm-hmm. a battle going on. It's like so many things happening at once. And it just like, it melds together so well. With the and then audio. there's that, like that one sniper too, that like, you're worried they've all forgotten about too. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, I think it's Scotty goes and gets him. Yeah. Uh, it's, there is a lot going on in that end sequence. And you're like, Oh, you gotta, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? And it does yeah. get you really tense. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. It ends really like earnestly too. It's just, they bring up all the, like it does really feel like this is the final movie. And then of course they come out with generations a couple years later, uh, right. <laughs> uh, bringing back half of these characters, but like it is like a nice moment in the end when they're just all standing up. Like it feels really earnest and cheesy at first, but if you think about it as this is the last Star Trek movie and getting to see them all just like stand up, we saved the universe. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, like, it, it, it works from a meta perspective much more than it does from an in-universe perspective. Yeah. Because it's like, why would, like, a bunch of these guys in the background where randomly come up and, like, you know, it was like Sulu and Scotty. They just come up and, like, and just, you know, prop up a knee and look really proud. And it's like, in-universe, I don't know if that would really be the case. I don't know if they would really get a standing I couldn't out. help but watch that and just be like, why is everybody okay with this? What, what, is, yeah. what is going on? Why, why do they think this is normal? Yeah, it's like, in, in the meta sense, it works because it's like, it is yeah. them. Like, it is the final send-off of the crew. It's like everybody giving them a round of applause for all the, all the, all the you know, great stories that we've gotten over the years. So in that sense, it worked. But yeah, in-universe, I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Um, and, and this time, another thing is like, I think I told you this, but like the, um, I, I, I caught a lot more of the theming around like, oh, we're getting old. It's time for yeah. the next generation to come, come around and replace us. I caught a lot more of that this time. It was definitely very prevalent. Um, yeah. Uh, like, like you could definitely see that they were, this very much had the feel of a, of a one last ride kind of movie. Yeah, and I one thing I didn't catch was like um obviously in, internally they referred to the undiscovered country as like you know the future peace and etc. and that works too. But on another level, I mean the original speech comes from obviously to be or not to be, and in which case that's talking about death as the undiscovered country, right? And and in medicines for the franchise, like this is the end of the franchise. After this is the death of you know TOS as the that part yeah. of the franchise. So like uh, yeah, only to rise like a phoenix as the next generation though at yeah. this point the next generation is probably wrapping up within a couple of years not counting the movies yeah yeah well it's uh, uh, yeah it's but yeah i think it's like maybe four seasons in maybe five seasons in at that point yeah yeah so it's definitely underway yeah yeah, yeah. so any other thoughts uh, on on this you said you had no, some stuff uh i i think the, the signatures at the end on the end credits were oh, very yeah. cool. I've only seen that in like Avengers Endgame, but now that I've seen it here, I think I remember somebody mentioning that like, oh yeah, that's been done at the end of um, the Star Trek franchise as well. And I get this, it, there is something about it that kind of gave me chills. Yeah. To see that. I don't uh, know why. It's like really nice. Like if, even though like, I remember seeing the first time I was like, oh, this is really nice for some reason. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and you, you kind of just like see all their signatures on screen without the, um, without their names, but you know who all of them are, yeah. uh, just based off their signatures, you can figure it out. It's, I don't know. It's kind of nice. It would have been cool if they, I think Avengers Endgame improved upon it by like having little clips of all of the, all of the actors. Yeah. Uh, but I think this still did a really good job with that. But other than that, I don't know. The only thing I was going to say was, um, so my immediate reaction watching this whole movie was, first of all, I had heard about, I've seen Rathacon. People always talk about how great Rathacon is. Uh, I know the voyage home is generally seen as one of the good ones. And a lot of people seem to like it. And I know that the idea is that, that I've heard a lot is that like, Oh yeah, the even numbered Star Treks are the good Star Treks, but I've heard, never heard anything about this movie before about undiscovered country. I've never heard about anything about it specifically other than that. It's the sixth one. So it's an even numbered. So I guess it's good. 
<laughs> I didn't realize how good. Uh, I was really impressed with it. Uh, there were t- times watching it where I was like, this might be better than Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. I think I've now had a couple days and I think it's not. Uh, but I think it's really fucking close. Yeah. Uh, literally, I posted it on... I've been posting all of these on my letterbox, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, you know, is just kind of my own personal diary, but other people see it, uh, is how I like to look at it. Right. Um, but like uh, a, a friend of mine immediately texted me as soon as I put po- almost as soon as I posted that. And he was just like, so which did you like more wrath of Khan or cause I, I gave them the same rating, <laughs> yeah. um, which was like four and a half uh, out of five. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and I was like, that's a good question. Cause I don't know. Uh, right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean now, yeah. Like for me, I think like in the, my previous watching of these movies, it was like Wrath of Khan by a mile, and then next was uh, six, and then was four. Um, but this on the rewatching, I'm like six and four come up a lot. They're a lot closer to Wrath of Khan in my opinion now. So the so the order doesn't change, but like the um the rating does, right? Yeah. It, it was like I would say before it would have been like I don't know five for Wrath of Khan, or like, I would do on t- ten scale to give it more space, like maybe ten for Wrath of Khan. And maybe an eight for uh, Undiscovered Country and uh, seven for Voyage Home. And now it's probably like ten nine and like eight and a half. Yeah, I, I do think. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about accurate. I think yeah. I'd, I'd give them I'd give them all around that. I think they're all really great. The, all three of those yeah. are just like really good. And here's the thing: is like I I'm just so surprised how little I hear about the Undiscovered Country because like it rules it's really good it's, it's really good a yeah great fucking star trek movie yeah uh um i'm so used to people just talking about uh just talking about wrath of khan as if that's the only good one like that's the only one of these that's truly great and i think but i think voyage home and an undiscovered country near it i think they they are you know pretty good they're really good. good, yeah, yeah. Good Star Trek. You know, if I want to watch a Star Trek movie, maybe maybe I'll watch any of them, you know? Yeah. Depends on the mood. Um Yeah. yeah. Uh and that that might also be kind of a uh, part of just like as as somebody who hasn't seen them, uh, like that maybe people who are trying to talk you into watching them, they'll 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 up they'll sell, they'll they'll talk up Wrath of Khan because it I, is I the think best that's one. a big part of it. Yeah. yeah. And that's why, like, in the past, sometimes I watch Wrath of Khan and I'm less able to appreciate it. Yeah. Because um, uh, I think in previous viewings, I've liked it. And I think I like it at the time, but then the more I think, like, as as time wanes on and I kind of forget it a little bit, uh, I don't appreciate it as much in hindsight. Yeah. Um, and I hope I don't do that this time uh, because it it really is as good as people say it is. Yeah. Um, it's just like they hype it up so much compared to uh, four and six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I think both of those deserve a little bit of hype. Yeah. Uh, not as much, but like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, let's rip up the original series and uh, let's uh, talk about generations. You have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Uh generations i didn't really like i wasn't a hunt, i was definitely gonna watch one through six and then if yeah. i was still feeling it which i was after undiscovered country yeah i was just gonna keep going i'm still gonna keep going at this point i'm yeah. definitely i really want to watch first contact and the completionist in me has to watch insurrection and nemesis <laughs> no matter what people say about them yeah i've seen i saw nemesis in theaters as a kid actually yeah. Uh, but I had no context. Uh, and I was just like, I don't like this cause this is Star Trek. And I, at that age didn't really care about Star Trek. Yeah. Um, but, uh, generations. Oh boy. Ooh. So I just want to say Ooh. going into generations, I knew a few things about it. Um, and I think I thought I knew more about it than I did. And I think that ruined my experience of it to an extent. Okay. And I also, yeah. I think there are things about it that I did really like. And then there are things about it that the more I think about them, the more I'm like, I didn't really like that. Yeah. Uh, so to be clear, going in, I thought it was a movie where both casts meet. Uh, um, it became pretty apparent within the first five minutes that 
no, we weren't going to see most of the original series cast. Right. Uh, you know, everybody except for Kirk that we do see, like we see Sulu's daughter. We definitely don't see Uhura. Uh, we definitely don't see Spock. Is Bones there? Uh, no, I don't see. I don't think so. Is it just Chekhov and Scotty? Yeah, Chekhov and Scotty. Yep. Yeah. Uh, arguably, the two least important. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um. Uh. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I immediately was like reset my expectations at that point, but I was like, okay, so he'll show up in the future, maybe halfway through this movie, um, and, and he'll be hanging out with like future crew. <laughs> <laughs> and then I spent the so so he doesn't show up until the last twenty minutes or so. Yeah, <laughs> and I just spend the whole movie just going, wait, isn't that the selling point of because his face is on the poster? The yeah. whole selling point of this movie is the so so apparently in the IMDb trivia, which I was also reading. Yeah, it is said that like apparently Gene Roddenberry never wanted the two casts to meet, uh, and so. They made this. This was the first one movie made after his death, uh, so they could break his rules, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, but like, I don't think it was worth that fan service because there wasn't. <clears throat> if you're gonna do the fan service, because like the whole point about the movie is that it's fan service of getting to see the two casts together. Yeah. And then you never see the two casts. Like you just see Spock. Not Spock. You just see Kirk and Picard uh, for just like 20 minutes and it just feels like an extended like like it doesn't feel any weightier than when Spock showed up in The Next Generation. Right. Uh, like, like it doesn't feel like it's other than the fact that it's a movie. Oh, um, by, oh just by the way, like I think, uh, let's see, uh, people, the people that did show up in, in The Next Generation episodes were, let's see. Uh, Bones shows up in yeah, Farpoint. Yeah, very yeah. small cameo. And then uh, Spock shows up, right, for the for the Klingon episodes, for a couple Klingon episodes. Okay, and then Scotty does show up. There's a specific one that focuses on Scotty. Showing Are they up. Vulcan, Ro, Ro, Romulan? Scotty does show up. Yeah, Scotty does show up. Okay. Yeah. Oh Maybe yeah, Romulan episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a very engineer. It's it's Scott. It's basically Scotty and and Jordy like engineering hangout. That's type fun. Thing. I like that. Yeah. That sounds. I don't think I've seen that. That must be in a later season that I haven't gotten to. Yeah. Because I've basically stopped watching the next generation. <laughs> I still have like two seasons. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, so just that that has happened. And it's just, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the movie is like. Uh, it I feels was, like the place for it. <laughs> yeah, that's like that. That was my reaction when watching. And I was like, wait, wait, what? 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 Like, n- there's not this. Yeah, that was my um, original reaction, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I originally. <laughs> Starting the movie, like as soon as they do the seventy-eight years later, right after Kirk dies, and they 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 show you the original the the next generation crew. Yeah. I was like really excited when that happened. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm because you know I've seen way more next generation than I've seen the original series. So yeah. it was like after watching all those original series of, uh, movies, I was like, oh, all my old friends are here. Uh, all like yes. There's Worf, there's Jordy, there's Data, there's Troy. Oh man, there's Doctor Crusher. Oh, there's Picard. I'm so excited. Worf, <laughs> he, he's they're they're all in fun old time clothes and they're on the holodeck, which you never see in the original series. Yeah. Oh, this is this is great. I'm in it. And like for a while, I was kind of running high on that. Like you see, uh, Quigan first, uh, in the past, and I was like, oh, that's hype. Whoopi Goldberg's in this. Yeah. Hell yeah. We're getting the generations going here. Yeah. Um, Malcolm McDowell's in it. And like, like I said, it's always good to have a good hammy villain. And I think Malcolm McDowell crushes it yeah. as a hammy villain, except there is, I think he's great, but also then it just, you know, then suddenly when this movie just becomes Picard on a planet, trying to stop a gun, Uh, yeah i I mentioned earlier that my the thing i love about the next generation in comparison to the original series is the fact that it feels less it feels more ensemble based and less captain based and this movie in that sense felt like an original series episode Uh, yeah so yeah um my thoughts on this okay yeah it it is like okay my thought my overall thoughts on the movie i'll just give, give the like um, I was like, 
I still have good feelings about this. I like it. I, I am. Yeah. I was extremely disappointed by like the basically the last half of it. <laughs> I want to be clear. I really enjoyed the experience of watching this movie until the last half or so. Right. And then I, and then in hindsight, I just started disliking this movie more and more the more I thought about it. So, uh, so this is the interesting, like, this is the interesting thing, right? Like uh, again, in, in, in 2020 with these eyes, like, like this mind that's been more trained in film and like looking at things and understanding that type of stuff. Like I noticed, okay. Like the first third of the movie or first half or whatever. Well, first off, like it, they actually do spend a lot of time with, you know, in the first 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes with like Kirk um yeah. scotty so that's it's actually like it was more than i remember so there was one thing the other thing is that like so in the first third of the movie it's very clear that the lighting and kind of the sound and a lot of the production and it was a lot more filmic and less tv like and as soon as you hit the it's literally it's crazy how abrupt the shift is like when you when you look for it it's like uh, after they get off, after the first star basically explodes and they get off and it's um, and Picard starts talking to Data about what the plan could be like at that point, it's like literally that scene like the it's it, that where it goes it, and becomes an episode. And and it's so it's like it's jarring actually to me now, because you mentioned like. You keyed me up to actually look for this, even whether or not you, you intentionally did like for this specific piece of it, but you keyed me up to look for this and I saw it. It was so jarring. And so it's as soon as Picard says captain's log, blah, 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 blah. And it's a picture of the enterprise, a shot of the enterprise just flying by. I was like, this has become an episode and the lighting yeah. goes back to extremely flat instead of very stylized and very like light and shadow in the first third goes to extremely flat. Like, and, and the, everything slows down and the pacing becomes weird and it's all just like a mess and it becomes like an episode and even in a bad one at that, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It just becomes like an extent, like I figured that this movie was, it's all built around the cameo, the fan service, the, you know, bringing these characters together, but like it, it just, just does just kind of feel like a weak cameo yeah. uh, of just like, like, I don't know. I, I find the scenes like I like Kirk a little bit in the beginning mm. scenes, uh, especially when he's like playing off of Alan Ruck, yeah, uh, who very much feels like his character. Like this is much closer to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but this, yeah. he feels more like he does in Succession in this, yeah, where he's just kind of like, oh, I'm an incompetent captain, uh, <laughs> um, but um, uh, like when he meets Picard, I feel like Shatner's really phoning it in. First of all. Uh, where he's just like really like, oh, this is Star Trek. I'm, I'm just doing this. Uh, I'm with this young buck, but like, it does just kind of feel like. I don't know if it's because Patrick Stewart, like Patrick Stewart's a better actor than William Shatner, one thousand <laughs> yeah. percent. I don't think anybody, anybody who argues that is insane. Um, uh, you you can like the fact that he's a cheesier actor and prefer that style, but he is not as good but like it's so clear that like i don't know he just feels like him next to patrick stewart in that when they first meet just feels i don't know it feels a little silly um i know i'm a fan of the last jedi but i think there are no i think it's more like mark hamill in the rise of skywalker but like it does feel a little bit like how some of those guys were in the sequel movies Okay, uh, so so my specific take on this is like okay, um, and this is this watching like I, I've okay so personally I've always loved the scenes in the Nexus. It yeah. just, it sells like that idea of like this is a great life, this is happy times. I love being here and and I think um, the Nexus scenes are a lot. Yeah, I think I'm coloring the post Nexus scenes. With, okay, yeah, got it. Sorry, got it. Got it you're, yeah. you're right. They are yeah, yeah. better. <laughs> I, I love I love the Nexus scenes. I love it. Um, like I said, it's just like. Oh, if you could fix your regrets, if you could have the life you wanted, type of thing, and it you know it hits home a little bit. Yeah, and then um, uh, and you you get that with Picard, and he gets he's like, oh man, but this isn't right, this isn't real, uh, shit's happening out there, so I gotta fix it. So then he goes and, and you know he meets he meets uh, Kirk, and that hits home even harder. Like it's just like it's like I get to do this all over again, and it's like life is cool, I love it, and 
And then it hits even harder after that where he's like, oh, dude, like, this isn't real. That didn't scare me. This sucks. And it's like, and then that whole speech, you know, when they're, when they're on the horseback, it's, it's great horse work too, actually. Like the way this, the blocking of how they ride the horses around and like he scoops up next to him is like really cool. I love that little touch. Um, but yeah, like the, um, the, the dialogue they have there is like, I was like, it's actually pretty moving. He's like, it's like, you know, maybe this isn't about an empty house. It was about the, uh, that empty chair on the bridge of the enterprise. And I was like, that gave me the feels. He's like, you know, when I'm on, you know, it's like, don't, don't let them promote you. Don't ever leave that ship because when you're there, you can make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sequence, you know, I've always loved that. And this time gave me the feels for sure. And then they leave and like, it's like, <laughs> it's everything it. post Nexus is just, yeah. I I don't know. Uh, It's just like, oh, it feels like the Power Rangers. They're just like fighting a guy on a fucking rock. Oh, it's so, yeah, it's so crazy. And like, like that doesn't work as well for Picard, I don't think, as as it would for, like Picard gets in a fist fight with him and I'm like, that's what Kirk would do. Right, Um, yeah. But they don't like adequately do that. Uh, Just circling back a little bit on a couple things in, in the Nexus, I do think, because like, suddenly Kirk is talking about this woman and this experience he had where he almost retired. Yeah. And I think like, that's something we never saw before. I think that might've been slightly more interesting if it was like, he was with his son who died a few mo- movies earlier. That's true. Um, yeah. Or had like been something that we had actually seen him miss out on. Yeah. Um, and also the whole theme of that though, like of what they're in the nexus and living those regrets, like everything about, Picard, and maybe this is just because, like I said, Patrick Stewart is just a great actor, and you really feel his grief in this movie, uh, at least in the beginning. Uh, but like everything about him, like, oh my God, I'm now the last in my family. Yeah. I'm now the. Um, I've, I've heard. I, I think I saw somewhere right before I watched that this that this ties a little bit towards, or maybe you mentioned it. I don't know uh, that it ties a little bit towards the Picard TV show. Uh, oh, I haven't uh, seen Picard, so yeah. Okay, that it might have been me. somebody else. It might have been my dad. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, based off the trailers I've seen for that show, it is. It looks like him hanging out on a vineyard, like his brother. So there might be a connection there. Right. Um, right. Well, I mean, uh, you, you do meet his brother. It's in the show, right? Yeah. In a, in no, post Borg episode, right? So yeah, we, I, I do remember. Like, and I do think that was a really good episode, and like yeah. that's part of where the grief hits extra hard because you remember yeah. that they had only just made up yeah. uh, after like, you know, being brothers who had a bit of a prickly relationship. Yeah. Um, especially that like everything with his nephew, like, I don't know. I, I think that's well done. I think there are things in this movie that are well done. I think it would have been better if, I don't know, it might've been a better movie if it was just a next generation movie about Picard's grief and not a movie called Star Trek Generations all about him meeting Kirk. Um, right, yeah, yeah. Because it feels like that's, like, the thing is, anytime there's any sort of emotional depth to this movie is, the movie's called Star Trek Generations, Kirk and Picard are both on the poster, and it feels like the entire point of the movie is to meet them. So everything else just feels like dressing. So when him meeting Kirk isn't as satisfying as I think it should be, it really undercuts anything else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so my first, okay. So like to go back to my overall view of the movie. So it's a tie, it ties in a little bit, which is like the first third to a half is pretty good. And it's, it's definitely filmed better. It's definitely feels like a movie. Once they cut mm-hmm. to that, once captain Picard gives that voiceover of like captain's log, it all goes downhill and the pacing becomes really fucking weird. The pacing is like start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Because like, so you, you have this, you have him on the Rocky planet fighting Malcolm McDowell, which is boring as fuck. Cause it's like hand to hand and it's like just awkward and there's nothing it's, around. It's the music two old sucks. guys having a fist fight. Yeah. And, and the lighting <laughs> isn't good. So that's, that sucks. Right. And then on the space side, it's pretty cool. It's the whole, but it's also kind of forced, you know, the Jordy visor thing is overdone. It's been done in an episode. So that's kind of, that kind of sucks, but the actions, yeah. the actions fun for a bit. But then they fix it and they kill, they destroy the Klingon ship. Which did you notice? It's the exact same explosion animation as um as in the six. 
I thought it looked familiar. It's exactly uh, the same. It's exactly the fucking same. <laughs> I did not realize it was actually the same. Oh, dude, like you, you can, yeah, like uh, it's exactly the same. So it, that's just a funny little piece of trivia. Um, but so yeah, so it's cool. It's fun. We get a little battle, and then it stops, and things are cool. Except they're not. It's like you give a bit of rest, and then it's not. Oh fuck! The reactor is blowing. Okay, get everybody off. No. Get everybody out of the ship. Stop. Saucer separates. Okay, everything's cool. Nope, no, it's not. Uh, everything's shitty. We're flying down into the fucking into the planet. We're crash landing. Lots of excitement. Fun, fun, fun. And then they crash land, and everybody's okay. And they're like, "Oh yeah, we're cool." And then like, and then they're not. <laughs> then the sun blows up, and everybody dies. And you're like, "What?" And then then it slows down, which I love the scenes, but pacing wise, it just sucks because it's like it's, all this shit just happened, and now we're just like slowing down again. It's just a horribly calibrated movie. Yeah. And then once they exit and then they exit and the action sucks again. And it's like, that's supposed to be the climax. That's supposed to be the big finisher. And, um, you know, the funny thing is like, I, so I have it on iTunes. So I get there. I, uh, I've never watched the extras before. So I watched some deleted scenes and there's an alternate ending, which, and Rick and the, uh, the producer, Rick Berman, who, who is a a little bit reviled in the community, (laughs) just, just FYI. But anyways, he, he, he's talking about like, okay, so we had this original ending filmed. And we had to go back to reshoot it because, you know, we, 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 we screened it to a test audience and it didn't work very well. It, was, it, didn't, it didn't have enough action punch. So we went back and, and reshot it. And that's, you know, that's what we see. And so I watched the deleted scene of that ending, um, the original one that wasn't, you know, that didn't have as good of action. And I was like, oh, my God, this is actually straight up terrible. Because, like, the, what we got in the movie was, like, pretty bad. And then, like, so for that to be worse, I was like, there's no way this can be worse, right? And I was like, oh, yes, no. what it, was it? It, it is worse. It's, it's the same type of shit, except like instead of Picard like helping out Kirk in the fight, he just goes to the terminal and just like types. And the only fighting is Kirk. And then instead of him like jumping for that, like, which by the way is kind of a pathetic heroic moment in terms of like action. I get it in real life. It would be heroic, but like in terms of like heightened Star Trek action, Kirk leaping from like one section of bridge to the other, which is like maybe a meter. And, yeah. and grabbing the remote is like not very, not very uh, heroic. <laughs> Let's no, just be it's like a, it's a, it's a big action sci-fi movie, uh, and it's it looks small. It doesn't look cool. It's exactly. not Tom Cruise, Cruise jumping over a bridge in Mission Impossible. Exactly, like, there are better things. Um, yeah, yeah. So, it's, so uh, instead of him like jumping for that thing, it's just basically he like kind of defeats Malcolm McDowell, and then they come back. It's a little bit of random back and forth. It's yeah. like there's a lot of falling down those rocks, which is hilarious. And then, uh, and then, and then, like instead of um, Kirk falling to his death, essentially from like grabbing the remote and saving everybody, what happens is Malcolm McDowell just like randomly just like looks up and shoots him, and like he doesn't quite die. Like the last thing that Kirk really does actively is that like when Malcolm McDowell comes and crosses the bridge and tries to get at Picard, he trips him up so he buys him some time. And I'm like, and in the shot of it, just like. Shatner reaching up like this, and it just—it's so bad. It's like epically bad. It's so funny. One of the the many things I knew going into this movie was that it had a um, somewhat reviled death for Captain Kirk. Like yeah. a lot of people found it anticlimactic. Yeah, and I find found myself watching it, and like you're saying, what the worst version of it is. But even just watching it. Uh, no, I didn't think it was as bad as some people had built it up to be in like reading things, but I did think there were about four different times where I looked at the screen and was like, okay, is he, is he dead now? Because uh, they, I don't know, it just, they keep showing moments where he seems, I don't know, it's it's a mess. I gotta be honest, I kind of started really losing interest uh, near the end yeah. uh, and, and just was maybe paying a little less attention by the end of it. Uh, oh, and dude, the, I don't know. There's one other uh, funny piece of trivia that I, I, um, I'm not completely yeah. sure it's true is like, um, because I don't, I remember reading this and it could be, it was a long time ago. Was that that specific, the last line that Kurt gives about, which is just, Oh my is, uh, was Shatner's uh, ad lib. I think he, he came up with the idea of saying, Oh my, and I'm like, uh, it's like this is this is why you don't give actors like you got to have a back and forth, you know, with that. I was like, oh my god, yeah, it was just I don't know. I I don't think it's it's that 
it, like it could be worse. It could be a much worse movie. Oh yeah, like as as uh, I saw. <laughs> yeah, like thank God it wasn't that. But everything just felt like a bit of a whimper. I don't know. The data has that B plot where he gets the emotion chip, which I love, uh, which you don't like, but that's yeah, that's still fine. Yeah, I think I I think I kind of got around to it at the end, but when it first started happening and he was just cackling like a madman telling jokes to LaForge, I was just like, this is annoying. And I, I want you to stop now. Uh, Um, Sometimes I I get a little itchy anytime. Like, I don't know. Stories about robot characters getting feelings are, I feel like I've seen a lot of them. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) No, what I love about it is just like, it's, I love how cringe everybody it's it I love how cringe it is. And I think that's part of just like my that's part of my humor aesthetic is like I enjoy things that are cringe because of like It is very cringe. Because I love the way other people react to it and it's like I love how 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 bad it makes it's just like oh the the look on their faces when they cringe. Like when Jordy cringes at at, at Data's jokes, it's like it's I just I just crack up. I think I wasn't ready for cringe humor in a Star Trek movie. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy that plot because of that. Um, there's a one little piece. I like that. They gave another mm. character a plot. Yeah. Uh, even if they throw it away for a good 40 minutes, but yeah, uh, yeah. they, they come back to it in the end. Yeah. Uh, there's like one piece of that, that I, um, I, I, there's a thematic link. That's cool. That I didn't, um, that I, didn't touch on, uh, but I, I also didn't realize. I'm trying to find it uh, in my notes. But there's um when when Picard is talking. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the thematic link about loss and kind of just like doing your duty and just like you know you can't be defined by your past. It's like when when um uh, when he talks to Data, he gives him a pep talk in the in the uh, in the astronomy bay or whatever the hell that you know, whatever they call it. Um. That that I was like, oh, that's a cool little thematic link where it's about dealing with loss because he just had to deal with loss. He just had to deal with regrets, and it's like, you know, day to deal with it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's not bad. Like, yeah. It kind of moves it on, and he's able to bring it towards his actual, uh, his crew. He's able to bring that feeling there. Uh, I did see... Speaking of the IMDb TV trivia that I keep referencing, uh, when Data finds his cat at the oh, end, yeah. uh, the trivia note was Brett Spiner really hates cats. <laughs> uh, and apparently he, 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 he asked if instead of finding the cat, he, he could just, you know, like find Jordy or something. <laughs> he was just <laughs> like, I don't like this moment. I don't want to find a cat. I hate cats. Um, uh, but he acts pretty well in that. It's, it's just, that's like one of the. It's a cute moment at the end. Yeah. I think it's a, like that's why I think I turn around a little bit on it. Yeah, I just yeah. I when I when I say that I don't like the emotion chip thing, I think it was mostly my initial reaction to the cringe humor that you were so enjoying and I was <laughs> cringing at. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I, you know, just for me, it's like I know that it's cringe and I know that's bad. Um, so I don't like care about that. I just, I love that. Like that he doesn't realize it's cringe and that everybody else does. I love that disconnect. I love when he throws crusher in the water and he's like, see, I'm doing a joke. And everyone's right. like, no, it's not a joke. You're horrifying. But also, <laughs> yeah. It's the holodeck and he's a robot. Maybe don't be, I don't know. I don't think, I think maybe they're overreacting to his, right. <laughs> Um, I just spilled water all over myself. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Cool. So, it's fun. It's fine. I'm excited to watch First Contact in like a week. I think I'll get around to it. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, any other thoughts on Generations? And we're about, we're pretty we're really at like two hours at this point. So we sh- you know we got we, we got the wraps yeah. the ups. Yeah, I think I think I've said all my feelings. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other thoughts or? Not uh, pretty know. much just what I said. I, I I never realized before that there was such a jarring cut in like the way it was filmed and the and the lighting, which like definitely adds the episode feeling nature of it towards the end. Um, yeah, like yeah, a little less cool. cinematic. Yeah, yeah, which is like you know kind of what you're hoping for in all these movies is that 
there's there's a translation from the TV to the movie that if you're making a movie, there's something about it that is there's an ethereal quality to it that should make it feel bigger and more important than yeah TV episodes. Yeah, everything should turn up a notch. And you know, like I said, they did that with the lighting. It's like just just watch like yeah, just go. No. Oh no, I was just saying if you just go to that and compare between like especially like I would say like the ten forward scene where everybody you know where he's talking. Just anything in 10 Forge in that first half, and then immediately after where Picard's talking to Data, it's just like, wow. The, and then the bridge after that, the lighting is just like flat, 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 flat. Um, one last IMDb trivia moment, because I just remembered it, but I think it specifically relates to this, is that the whole reason, like just like in Search for Spock, where they had to blow up uh, the Enterprise for a meta reason, there was a reason they blew up this the Enterprise in this movie, and that was because they specifically realized, oh, the film set that we've been using for Next Generation, the Enterprise we've been using in that, looks really good on TV, does not look so great um, on a big theater screen, uh, doesn't look as good in a movie. So they had to blow it up so that they could get a more cinematic Enterprise. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, which I found interesting. Yeah, it makes uh, sense, yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, the bridge lighting is like, like I said, you go to that and it's like, wow, this is, <laughs> this looks like the TV episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Do we have any more? I think, I think we've talked Star Trek. Yeah. Do, do you have any more thoughts on these movies as a whole or? Um, like just what I said again about like four and six really came up in my estimation, you know, like in yeah. rating. So that was a cool effect of watching these. I'll, I want to rewatch three and five um, at some point, and uh, I'll probably rewatch uh, First Contact around when you do, so and we can talk about that or something. We probably want to combine that with something yeah. else at that point. Maybe I'll like watch six, it in the next few days. Yeah, maybe want to combine huh? like discussion of First Contact with like Succession or something like that. <laughs> yeah, be down with that. Yeah. I don't think we probably need to talk about insurrection or nemesis based we, off what I've heard. Uh, we probably don't. Uh, I mean, they're meh movies like nemesis, like insurrection is like passively just like meh. And mm-hmm. uh, nemesis was like actively bad <laughs> for me. Yeah. I hear everyone hates that. It's also Tom Hardy's in it as I, I know that. Yeah. Like, like I I've said, seen it and I have no memory. <laughs> yeah. That, that was the thing. Like I didn't realize that was Tom Hardy because it, you know, I didn't know who he was at the time at all. I mean, I don't think anyone did because uh, it gets always thrown around as like a trivia fact of like, oh, before he was famous, he was in this thing that everyone saw. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I think I'm going to keep watching all the Star Treks like through even the reboot ones. OK. Yeah. At this point, just for completionist sake, because I haven't rewatched those in a while and I've I don't think I ever watched Beyond, but I liked Beyond. I think. I think. I um yeah I I loved I loved 2009 the first reboot. Um yeah. Into Darkness I enjoyed. It's just that I I felt like the Wrath of Khan stuff like the parallels are way too heavy and way too cringe for me. And That's then, a movie that I really liked on first go. Really disliked on second go. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. um and then and Beyond was like it's a good action movie, but it's not very Star Trekky to me. It's just mm. like a decent action movie with Star Trek, like, you know. Setting. I think that's the thing about that whole reboot series. It's, just, it's more of an action movie and it's more of J.J. Abrams just like doing Star Wars before he's given permission to do Star Wars. Yeah, uh, except for 2009, like, like it is that, but at the same time, there's enough of Star Trek in it that it's still awesome. Yeah, no, it, it, for sure. Uh, and I think it's like, I think that whole cast is really good as like their... Um, uh, doing the various things. Like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of DeForest Kelly's whole deal as Bones. Yeah, and I think Carl Urban's Bones is yeah. so good, and that's part of why. Because like I think the first way I experienced the original series crew was unfortunately through the 2009 reboot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so that was my first vision of all those characters. Uh, and I think Carl Urban's just like doing such a good job. And then you've got like Simon Pegg's in there. Yeah. Um. Zoe Saldana is really great. Yeah, uh, you know they they overall do great uh, job with like casting. Even if they're not a hundred percent like a one to one match with the original character, they just bring such a good vibe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Star Trek. That's Star Trek. Star Trek. Uh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what was it? The thing that they said at the end of one of those movies that I think would be, I fuck it. I left the note that I was like, say this at the end. And I, <laughs> I have so many notes that are in no way organized that it does not help. Uh, oh, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is like, this is at the end of my notes is, um, Picard is just not going to tell anybody that he met Kirk. Like what? I, I think he's just going to be like, oh, he had his official death then. And I'm just going to, this was a moment I had. And if I told people this happened, they'd probably think I was crazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sure. I, I was just disappointed that, yeah, like you said, that, that there was no other, there was no reckoning with the, uh, the rest of the cast that Kirk was here and had done all this stuff. Yeah. I think what the movie should have been is Kirk in the future just being surprised at everything about the next generation. Like it should have just been him being like, what, what's up with your glasses? Oh, you're a robot man. That's interesting. Why is there a Klingon on your crew? I hate the Klingons. They killed my kid. Uh, <laughs> but you also look like my lawyer. Huh? huh. Uh, <laughs> you have the same name as him. Um, like, I think that would have been a fun, like, I don't know if that would have been a good movie, but it would have been a fun movie. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it would have been better than what we got. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. Do you have any closing non-related Star Trek, non-Star Trek related thoughts? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been doing lots of songwriting. So if you're following this, uh, look for that at some point to be released. I don't, I haven't figured any of that out yet, but, um, but the writing's done and the recording is like a lot of it's done. So yeah, I, I like a lot of the stuff I wrote. So yeah, it's that. Nice. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything that cool. Just, I'm I'm watching a lot of movies. Uh, I'm oh. playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption too. It's a really good game. Uh, <laughs> RDR. RDR, baby. It's good. Uh, I'm very obsessed with it. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm two years too late and I'm very obsessed. Um, yeah. All right. Cool, yeah. man. All right. Well, this is from Eco and Zach. We're signing out. Bye. Off, out. Bye.